0: (laughs) okay
1: let's go so welcome to the diversity podcast so there's lots of talk about diversity at the moment um obviously because of issues that's happened with black lives matter in the last uh, couple of weeks and a lot of agencies and companies are talking about diversity and we've been talking about it for 20 years plus or all my life basically um and i just wanted to chat to a few people so this is a series of podcasts with Friends who I've met in the industry, friends who I've known for ages, who actually do diversity, who've actually changed um, the way people um, hire, the way people recruit, etc. So I've got a very special guest with me today. Um, got Emma Sexton from... Hi. Hiya. Hiya. <laughs> Hello, sorry. Hi.
0: I'm so keen. I'm butting in already. <laughs> <laughs> I was just
1: going to introduce your company, but do you want to introduce what you're up to nowadays?
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've had a bit of a checkered career, I guess, but um, I'm very much focused on my creative agency, MYWW. Um, So we are the Inside Out creative agency. So we have a a hybrid view where we've all worked in-house and agency side. So we kind of bring that vantage point and expertise to our clients. Uh, I'm also the founder of the Inside Out Awards. They are the UK's only awards for in-house creative teams. And I'm also the creative in residence at King's College on their entrepreneurial institute. So every year I advise over 40 ventures uh, on how they can really leverage design and branding. And I've been doing that for, for three years now.
1: Awesome. So we met many years ago um, when I, I think over 10 years ago when I first did my first diversity film. Yeah, <laughs> over
0: 10 years ago. Yeah. Out <laughs> a conversation
1: yeah (laughs) so we um so you've done so much since then as well so what you're up to is actually just tip sort of tip of the iceberg to be honest um so when black lives matter happened when it went viral in the last couple of weeks obviously it's happened over the last few years and it's just exploded which we've all seen um agencies sort of rush to create diversity programs um or talk more about diversity and stuff but actually there was a bit of the people are doing it which is great there was a bit of delay of people saying their commitment to anti-racism to diversity etc but before i even blinked you launched your charter for um my ww um and literally was the first agency i've seen do it and release what your commitment is to diversity and anti-racism can should we have a quick chat about what you did
0: yeah, definitely. And I think, well, I think one of the reasons I was able to react so quickly is the fact that I haven't been aware of this topic for so long. And I think that is the challenge with the recent uprising with Black Lives Matter is there are a lot of people, predominantly white people, who are coming to this with no real understanding. So there's there's quite a lot of understanding to do to be able to put together um a plan you need advice and you need to you need to understand the topic so i think that's why we were able to do it at that speed really uh but also we we've just put a really focused effort i mean i guess with covid you know i had a team that had a little bit of time on their hands so you know we really did you know, indulge ourselves in the topic and really, really get up to speed. And that also allowed us to collectively, you know, I didn't do this by myself. I did this with my team to really decide what we could do that could make a difference. And also what was realistic and possible as an agency and what we could also be, what could be measured and be accountable for rather than just sort of a lofty statement of, oh yeah, we're going to be more anti-racist. Like let's break this down into like smart goals all business leaders know smart goals so that's basically what we did
1: oh awesome so did you i mean did you you and your team did i mean obviously you moved really quickly was it you leading it or was it a team member just saying that we need to do this
0: yeah, no, it's definitely okay, me leading it. I, I, I felt like I'd, I'd done a lot personally over the past few years. You know, when we first started talking over 10 years ago about diversity, I think my conversation was, was much more on gender. And I think, you know, my feminism was very white. And then I started doing my radio show, which I don't do anymore called the Badass Women's Hour. And that was about true diversity. So for four years, I was having conversations and guests, you know, every week. We'd have at least fifty percent of our, our lineup would be diverse in their background. Um, one of my co-hosts was natty Campbell, and she's black. So we were having a lot of these conversations. So, and I, you know, two years ago, I'd already started a. Um, um, inclusion rider so I don't speak on all white panels uh, and I've stepped down from several panels over the past couple of years and put forward another uh, woman of colour to speak before me um, so there were things we were already doing but I think with the uprising I just looked at my agency and I was like wow I'm doing this stuff personally but we could be doing a lot more and we need to do a lot more and we want to do a lot more uh, and i think my team are very forward thinking anyway um you know they they get it I, I guess you know i'm a pretty hardcore feminist so i guess my my um conscious bias has recruited other rabid feminists <laughs> into the into the agency so you know we're pretty hot on diversity and you know and doing the right thing but i, I guess i i led it from a these are the measurable actions. I think the the team kind of identified the pot. So we've got like, I don't know, like five five pockets that we knew that we could look at. Uh, And, you know, we took inspiration from other things that we were seeing out there. So we looked at, you know, recruitment, um, any communication and events that we were doing, uh, looking at client work, looking at what we could do individually as a leadership team, um, and then what else we could do in terms of seeking advice and, and supporting other organisations. Um, yeah. So that was, and I would say for anybody else doing that, it is to think about those those pots in your in your business, and then to drill down from there.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think the um, what's really interesting was the recruitment as well. I mean, that's. You've put that as number one as your charter, um, which is really interesting. I think really something that sort of I looked at and thought, "Wow, is 33% representation from mar- marginalized talent?" Do you want to? Yeah. Can I? Can you? Uh, can I dig you on some more details? Of that? Yeah, <laughs> which is amazing.
0: Yeah, well, I so basically, I'm part of this group called uh, Agency Hackers, which is some agency owners, and Ian Harris, who runs that, did a bit of a call um, around the Black Lives Matter and, and what agency owners could do, and he pulled somebody on the call from John Doe. Um, so John Doe are an agency, I think they're like an experiential agency, and they'd launched their charter, and they had the woman who'd, who'd been formulating that. And they had the 33% um, on theirs. And what they were basically saying was, you know, we can't just do, um, you know, the sort of society proportions. We have to really dial this up to compensate for people, you know, the industry, people in the industry who aren't doing anything. And also, if if you push for a big goal like that, and, you know, and I know this from business, you know, if you want to get far, you've got to really push your goals so i thought yeah let's take the 33 it's stretchy it's punchy um mm. you know but it's measurable and i think when you've got something that's so big like that you really do have to rethink things like you can't be complacent if you're going to hit a target like that um yeah. So yeah so that's where that's come from and I I have added like a little asterisk now and, and linked to the John Doe statement on ours so other people can see that but you know it it's it's hard but you've got to you've got to put something down so I thought well we might as well you know let's be bold about this
1: Yeah I think I mean and that's amazing as well I think I mean what we don't I mean I've seen it for so many years as well when we did the original film there was one agency um that I helped I had a chat with afterwards um, about diversity after we launched the film and they were like, we really want to get behind diversity. We were like, they were really keen and they were really pushing it. And then one of the key things I asked was like, where do you recruit from? <laughs> 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 and they were like, and I not in a bad way, I don't want to say it in a bad way, but they, <laughs> they literally said, yeah, we only recruit from like the top universities. Right. And I was like, well, that's not going to help, is it? <laughs> yeah. And they were really proud of it as well, which was amazing because if you look at, they were, I mean, obviously they were proud of it and stuff, but it was just like, you're not going to change diversity if you do that.
0: And yeah. Yeah yeah and that, that's it isn't it and I think that's what that's what we're looking at as well is we're looking at all the, all the levels um, mm-hmm. you know so we've, I've committed to the team everybody in the team doing 10 hours per quarter of mentoring so I'm going to focus on um, people of colour who want to start their own business and then my team are going to look um, you know at creatives are coming through the ranks you know we can be doing talks at university I, I think we're lucky as well with my agency model so my agency model is built with a remote first mindset so us accessing talent is not going to be a problem what we've got to get better at is finding the talent because i know it's there but unconsciously we haven't been looking in those places Uh, and now we just need to be more conscious about where we're now looking for talent to adjust that balance so for me it's just it's addressing our unconsciousness on that for sure and and get and being much more awake on on you know, where we're seeking our creators from.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think age conversations I've had, I, I mean I don't want to have a go anymore, but conversation people find it hard to find that like to go out to that talent. They don't know where to go. They because obviously we're stuck in this bubble of London and then Yeah, but I don't
0: I don't buy into that anymore yeah. either, at yeah. all. Because we've got the internet, like just in the past week as well with Black Lives Matter, the amount of different accounts and different groups that are now on my radar. I mean, there's, a, there's even an Instagram account that's like, where are the black creatives? And they've actually yeah. got a website with a list of about 200... Black creatives on it, so yeah. I I just don't. But I just feels like a lot of excuses, and and I just all the conversations I've been having echo all the ones I had around gender, and all yeah. the conversations that I had about trying to trying to let people know there was a problem with gender, and then being told that there wasn't a problem, you know, which now you know we know is. I feel like this is what's happening with Black Lives Matter, but yeah, you know, yeah like we everyone has to do the work on this and yeah. the conversations that I'm having with other white agency owners is they feel like this is an opt-in they feel like this is a social cause I think some people think that I'm on some kind of eat pray love journey um, and <laughs> you know I got told you know not everybody's on your journey Emma and I'm like well I'm on the journey to to equality <laughs> for all like where are you going <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean yeah 100% agree I mean even if you look at just not the internet right so a lot of agencies around Shoreditch a lot of agencies around um Brick Lane so all you've got to do is take a right at Brick Lane at Hambury is it Hanbury Street just take a yeah. right walk, walk five minutes and you're in proper Tower Hamlets just, yeah I mean even the bottom of Hanbury, it's there's a massive estate full of kids with loads of talent. And I don't know why we just why people just haven't gone out and talked about, hey, we've got this really good company down the road. Do you Come know
0: what? They're not motivated to do it. Yeah. They're not motivated, and that's the problem. it's It's all too easy not to bother because yeah. they go, well, I don't know. it just feels like a lot of effort. like the the right thing to do is not always enough motivation for people. But what I yeah. like about what's happened in the past two weeks is now it's getting business critical. And whilst yeah. it makes me sad that people you know aren't thinking that way, if that's what it takes to create change, then, Great. So I feel like there will be, you know, we're we're going to start to move culture wise. And, you know, the the thing is about this racism stuff is that once you once you've done some education and you understand it and you can see it, it's so loud. And the the people who haven't done the work don't realize it, but it is so loud and there going to be more and more people that are going to see it and you're just not going to be able to get away with it.
1: Yeah it's totally changed isn't it the last 2 weeks it's amazing which is yeah. great and i think it, that's amazing sorry it
0: it is it is great but i still feel like there's too many people who are stalling there's too many people yeah. who are talking and and actually if you literally just sat down and just indulge yourself in this topic for a couple of days you would understand it well enough to be able to put together your own policy like i have you know, this, yeah, you know. Sure. I, I do feel like this is a lifelong piece of piece of work, and there's lots of differing opinions, and everyone's going to have a an opinion on what you might do as an action. But y- you know, you've you've just got to spend the time to learn it. This is a this is a life skill <laughs> now. This is you know an essential <laughs> element to you being a decent human being on this planet is understanding how to be anti racist.
1: Yeah, which is amazing, actually. What I've noticed over the last week or so is BBC have launched like a special section for how to understand racism. If you look at Sky on their planet, there's a whole section about anti-racism content as well, which is amazing. Right. Those two yes. big companies just jumped on it. And they have some yeah. really good content in there as well. And I think everyone, anyone listening should just, honestly, just check those two resources out as soon as possible. One of the other things which re- which I really liked, which which you're up to, is the, committing the um, thirty hours of free mentoring, which makes so much difference. So when we, when we launched um, Plotter in the UK, which was a careers advice service, mentoring came up number one. Mm-hmm. It's like these kids was like, I just haven't got a mentor. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to. Um, turn up for an interview. What to say? How to how to look? Do you say? I mean, there's so much yeah. to it as well. Um, and how to act at work as well? Because obviously, work environment is a, a total different environment from where everyone's from.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, sorry, I talked over you there.
1: That's right. <laughs> I mean, I was just thinking when you when you're doing your mentoring, what you're thinking about? What type of stuff do you want to help with? help people with
0: yeah so I think there's some some different levels there so I I want to focus my mentoring on um, people starting their own agencies I'm particularly passionate about women creating their own financial freedom. So, I would definitely like to find more black female founders. Um, But that's where I'm going to focus my mentoring. And I know that can be really powerful because, as running your business, again, just having somebody else to talk to, knowing what the next steps are. And I think, you know, my business model is a really accessible business model. Like anybody could set up um, and operate with with the hub and spoke model. So, I'm quite happy to. To share my learnings with that and then the rest of the team now, for them, you know, this is going to work in two ways for us because one, we're going to be able to give that that time to people who want to be in the industry, but it's going to allow us to really find great talent. So, actually, it's going to it's a win win for for everybody, really, because we can start finding out that talent. So, my creative director will look at creatives who are trying to move up the rank, and then our account lead will look at um, giving people feedback on, say, portfolios, what they need to do to be able to work for us. Um, or work for for say another agency like helping them kind of i guess sell themselves and yeah. um, so that will probably be the three main areas that we'll we'll do but we're open to you know any way that we can help people but i think that's probably a good a good range
1: yeah and i think you'll be i mean i think you'll be awesome at that because you have been doing that for actually a long time and i i know i've, I've I've sort of sent a few friends your way who are female creatives, and you've always sort of sat down, helped them, mentored them a little bit as well, which is amazing.
0: Oh, happy to. Like you know, <laughs> I just think, I, I I just think sometimes you can read everything that's out there, but sometimes you just need to talk to people because what's really helpful is to find somebody. That you can identify in some way in in that journey, and I think you know I I don't have a traditional background in that sense. Like I don't have a degree. I never went to uni. I just went out to work at eighteen and kind of hustled. I never went and worked at the top agency. So I can kind of understand where people are coming from, where they haven't been able to go down those sort of traditional routes, but to try and explain to them that you can you can still carve out a successful career for your for yourself um, you know th- there's, there's other ways to do it so I'm quite passionate about you know talking to people that that aren't aren't coming from those traditional backgrounds at all
1: and they need and yeah we need we need and they need that support I think that's ma- massive did you ever when you were looking at agencies and stuff did you ever look at the big big agencies or ever apply or have any issues when you applied or
0: yeah uh, yeah, I, I could see the universities I should have gone to. I knew who the top agencies were. And what I realised doing some work experience in my hometown of the very glamorous Ipswich in Suffolk <laughs> is that uh, I went and worked for a couple of local ad agencies and design agencies, and they'd all started working on Apple Macs. And yeah. I was just like, hang on a minute, am I going to spend the next three years at university? And none of the unis that I were talking to had. They had about five Macs, and the rest were PCs. And Mm. I was like, wow, I'm going to spend three years, and I'm going to come out of university no further ahead. Mine will. Meanwhile, all these agencies are working on Apple Macs. So I basically got a job where I knew I'd be learning how to use an Apple Mac and the Adobe software, and um, bypassed it all, basically. (laughs) I mean, I don't know if that did really favors or not, but it was done now. So...
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think you get more experience with that. I think that's similar to. I mean, a, I think a Jars who founded AKQA mentioned that as well. He was on a, I think he was at uni and like the first year, um, and he was on the max learning, and he just saw the internet, just like he sent something over the internet and thought, "I don't need to be here. I need to be doing this and learning it." <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and he dropped, yeah. And he dropped out. He dropped out of uni. Obviously, everyone, most people know who AKQA are now which is amazing. Like...
0: I'm happy you're going to compare me to a jazz because he is a <laughs> he is a total agency legend. So yeah, I take that. Yeah, I'm exactly like a jazz. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's and, and it's similar. So if you take um so, you know Jamal Edwards. Yeah. So I mean, I met Jamal years ago when he first started um First started like SBTV and stuff, and he literally he got a camera from his mum for as a present. And yeah. Started filming. I think he started filming foxes in his neighbourhood.
0: Right.
1: And then, <laughs> sticking on YouTube, and then obviously they got a lot of hits for some reason. But then he went on to obviously going into like um into the grime scene, filming people. I mean, he he filmed so many famous people before they became famous and put them on his channel and he just did it do you see i mean he just i think he just did it he bypassed the system he's really into
0: but that's what's happening that's what's happening now and that's what i think if these agencies don't get this stuff right people are just going to set up their own agencies i mean one of the reasons i set up my agency is i didn't like working culture i wanted to create a business world and a working life that was authentic to me so why would you not do that if you're a young black creative why are you going to go into these agencies that you know are not including you that are not not taking this topic seriously when you've literally got the, the world at your fingertips now um you know you can create an agency from your back room like i did (laughs) so you know people they are just going to create their agencies and you do see these agencies are popping up now and and i just think from this moment on i think there's going to be more of them because people are just going to go well i i think this can be done a better way
1: i think yeah 100 percent. do you think i personally think I mean, I'm not an agency head or anything, but I just think there's a massive opportunity there to support. If I was an agency, I would love to work with all these different people who are out there creating content, just being really creative and supporting them and helping them scale as well. I think that's a massive opportunity to help with this diversity.
0: You know what I was thinking the other day? I was on a call with um, Rachel Bell, who's an amazing agency owner in the kind of PR world. And she was talking about what she did, which I found really inspiring, was how she would have really great talent at her agency and she'd allow them to spin out and create their own agencies, but they would use her core agency infrastructure. And just as you're talking there, I'm thinking, why would you not find and some amazing black creatives and allow them to create their own agency with their own P&L, but allow them yeah. to tap into your HR, your finance, all that stuff that adds a lot of extra cost to a, a, a and, you know, a pressure to a small agency and let them build something, let them build yeah. something their way. Like if I was one of these big agency owners or holding companies, I would totally do that.
1: Yeah. And it makes sense as well. I mean, it's quite similar to so, say, um years and years ago, I don't know if I've probably told you this, I helped out James Kahn from Dragon's Den. Yeah. And and every time someone so he obviously is he made his money in recruitment. And he said every time someone wanted to leave, he actually offered them money to start a business. Right. <laughs> and, he, and he invested money in it. And he actually made a lot of money from yeah. anyone who wanted to leave. Helped them give them money to start a business, give them HR support, as you just said, HR support, technical support, computer support, yeah. etc., and help scale that business. And he made more, a lot of money doing that. And it just makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah,
0: totally. Because yeah, agencies if got the infrastructure, that, yeah,
1: yeah. And you know, why not? Why not do that? Leverage it. Yeah. So, over, I mean, I first so when we launched that film, one of the funny things is. <laughs> so i used the hashtag diversity and at the time no one was talking about diversity there was obviously what what you, you were up to at the time and really pushing it and the hashtag just came back with the search came back with diversity the band
0: <laughs> okay right okay <laughs> so we were,
1: i mean we were, we were pushing it from the beginning um one of the key things is what have is there like a couple of things that anyone listening to this who works at an agency or works at a company or anywhere, what have you learned or what tips could you give away? Like some IP on what you've learned over the years? Because we've been through it all. And we've seen those. I know you're on about the gender wave. Then we saw there's been different waves of stuff, isn't there? There's been the gender, then there's other waves that have happened.
0: Yeah, I think. Um... I think what I've, I've noticed is when, when I was on the, the gender mission, you know, the thing was we were getting lots of women in a room and having conversations about what was going on and we weren't including the men. And I look back at that now and I think much as we as women needed spaces to talk about our experiences, we weren't bringing men on that journey, but also men weren't interested in getting involved in that journey men only became interested when they started having daughters and then suddenly they were like oh maybe what you said about that is makes sense and i think with black lives matter what i want to do as a um as a white person is you know i've really lent into this because you know i was already going into rooms where i would be probably one or three or four white people and i realized that there were all these conversations that people were having Um, that I I didn't even know was a white person. So much as there's lots more information out there, there were conversations I used to have with Natalie when we were doing our production meetings for the show. And I suddenly got this whole insight into how uh, black people were navigating a world that ultimately is not created for them but equally they're navigating two worlds they know their world and they know culture but they also know my white world and my culture but i'm at a disadvantage because i only know my white world um yeah. and i think that that was a that was a real like epiphany for me because i just blindly and ignorantly gone about my life as a white person and now i'm trying to un- unpick that now and uh, and you know try and try and see it and I think that you have to do the work to do that you've got to have the uncomfortable conversations and I would say that you know people are avoiding feeling uncomfortable this is uncomfortable like even even someone like me who's been having this conversation for four years I can't tell you how many times on that radio show I felt uncomfortable because I felt like I don't know how to talk about race or Natalie would say something and now I recognise my uncomfortability is part of the journey of doing the work. So I would say if there's one thing, I want people to get really uncomfortable. Because yeah. if you don't, we're not gonna we're not gonna drive change. Um so I guess that's probably my main my main thing.
1: Perfect. And I think I wanted to end it there, but you said one thing which is really important and mm. It's massive. I mean, obviously, it's a global thing. But if you look at culture, it's the, the I don't want to call it the BAME community, but people of colour have their own culture. Um, and they understand both cultures as well. So I've been through it and stuff. But if you look at the culture, the, the hip-hop culture, sneaker culture, it's all come from the black community. Yeah. And we've been embracing it for and music culture as well. we've been embracing it for years and years and years and and it <laughs> and enjoying it as well and it's quite funny because I've seen where people didn't embrace it, and then we were listening to obviously lots of hip hop lots of Indian music, Pakistani music, different musics, and people weren't and then it got into the mainstream, and you're thinking, wow, people have just taken this and they're enjoying it and i think I'm, I'm rambling on a bit but i think understanding the culture is really important because and that can actually help communications because if you look yeah. at yeah because if you go back to so i'm going back into a bit of history but if you go back into like um when ddb was set up that was set up by um that was set up by obviously jewish it was set up by Jewish people who had that Jewish culture understanding, mm-hmm. and they were from. Um, do you say? I mean, they were they were working class people, and that changed advertising in America and globally as well. That creativeness—what they they put the art director together, they put the copywriter together—and then if you look at the UK, if you look at um, Colin Dickinson and Pierce, like as an advertising agency, CDP, mm-hmm. they created. Like they created culture at the time, but ninety nine percent of the people at that agency were all working class and all from different backgrounds as well. And they brought their own culture to the agency and made yeah. amazing adverts. And I think and Jay Z and Rock Nation, I mean we've done some stuff with them in the past, but like Tai Tai always who runs Rock Nation always says it's all about culture. It's all about culture.
0: And yeah. they've done well at it.
1: <laughs> so it always but baffles yeah
0: but there's always but there's also the need to understand culture to make good creative work because you know since I've been doing this work I've I've seen you know advertising and creative work, and I saw it the same with gender when you can you you can tell when the, the people on that project haven't really understood the topic, so you know I remember seeing a um an advert. And it was all about this girl getting married. And what they had done is they'd literally just replaced the actors for black actors, well, mixed race actors. But it was such so, so clearly a white culture uh, way of getting married. It was not yeah. what I know of a black culture when they get married. Um, and it was literally they had literally just swapped swap the skin colour but because you don't have that understanding because you haven't done the work you wouldn't look at that advert and think that there was anything wrong but when you put that out to the nation but you know black people are going to go that's that's you're not including me in that you haven't you haven't understood my world you've just replaced put my skin colour in there which is not the same
1: yeah they don't get the nuances there's little nuances and there's little things yeah see different cultures have and stuff which is important I think is so important um one last tip so we're, <laughs> we're running out of time because um so one last tip before you go what, one what last can we tip, do one
0: last t- one last tip so you've given so many uh,
1: tips actually <laughs> i think
0: i think i've got a lot of tips i've got a lot of t- definitely don't speak on any white panels yeah and put forward a person of color from your network and if you don't have a person of color in your network to put forward you want to just do a bit of work there too.
1: That's an awesome tip. And that makes so much difference as well. Because we just see the same panels all the time, the same panels, the same people.
0: And it's an easy way to make people think about diversity, because it's a really polite way of saying to them, you've got an all white panel, but what you're doing is you're offering a solution and you're also getting out of the way to give somebody else a platform. Uh, And I've seen events fundamentally change from doing things like this. That's super powerful. And also, let's get out of the way. Like, you know, it's we've had our time. <laughs> you yeah. know, white people have had a lot of time speaking on panels. There's a lot of white men that have had a lot of time speaking on panels. Stand <laughs> down.
1: <laughs> know, no, thank you so much for your time. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks, us. Good
0: to chat. Thank you.